Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Ashes Central Podcast. This is our day three recap of the action up at the Gabba in Brisbane, uh, Australia. Entering the day, seven for 343, uh, all out, 425 in England in response, two for 220. Finally, something in this series that will make English fans smile. So our one English fan in uh, Pearson, M. Lynch, is not present with us today. It's his birthday. Happy birthday to him. Um, holding down the fort today, uh, Vass and Teddy. Um, haven't had you on this test yet. Teddy, how have you been? No, yes, I've been very good in enjoying the test so far. But uh, yeah, today a much more even day overall. Indeed, England's certainly showing some fight. We will get into all of that. As mentioned, uh, Australia picking up the day 7-4-3-43. We know Head was in, um, already got past uh, that 100. A lot of pressure being on Head. Uh, he finishes innings the last man out for 152 in the end, just going for the bash. Really stark, but a nice helping hand. Um, with his 35, then line 15, Hazelwood not out on Nord. Uh, Teddy, you are South Australian, as we know, Travis Head, captain, um, South Australia. A, a bit of redemption, a lot of pressure being on under him, you know, keeping the number five spot, and he comes out and really solidifies his space in the team um, with an innings of, of true grit and character. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And uh, it's great to see as well, because I think, Everyone's been able to see the potential that that Head's had throughout his career. Um, he's really been able to score runs with relative ease, really. Um, even like averaging 35, even going more mid-30s going into this series. Uh, it's really just been a, a case of shot selection at times and a few issues. Uh, and I think it's clear he, he's made a few changes. Uh, he's protecting his off stump or, or getting across to his off stump much better now. Um, he's made those small tweaks. And yeah, that was really as good an innings as you can see uh, yesterday, for sure. Yeah, indeed. I was at the Boxing Day test last summer and had, I think it was the first innings he went out and it was a one-day shot. He, he does tend to... Uh, we used to tend to kind of uh, fall back into those old one day, you know, white ball habits. Um, you mentioned getting outside the off stump, just kind of flailing the bat out there with, with little to no foot movement, which, yeah, sure, it works for Verinda Saywag and it might work on in the white ball, but, um, you know, not in a lot of red ball cricket. Um, and as we say, yes, he took advantage of an old ball and slow ball and weak England bowlers, but um, a test 150 is a test 150. Um, and I think it's pretty clear he solidified his space in the side, spot in the side, excuse me. Marcus Harris might be the vulnerable one if Usman Khawaja does find some form. Didn't in the Australia A game yesterday, but we shall see as the series progresses. So, yes, 425 all at a good start um, from a batting perspective from Australia. Three big contributors with uh, Head 152, Marnus got 74, and then, of course, Warner's 94. Warner didn't field uh, today, hitting the rib, a rib injury. Um, from his batting innings. So we'll just monitor that as the test goes on. With the ball for England, Ollie Robinson, the best of the bunch, widely predicted to be um, the new spearhead of the English lineup, 23 overs, 358. Uh, Mark Wood picked up three for his efforts, 25.3 overs, three for 85. Uh, Chris Wokes, a couple off 25 overs, two for 76. Ben Stokes struggled yesterday. Um, we know he hasn't doesn't have a lot of match uh, fitness. Uh, 12 overs, number 65. That's five and a half per over. Joe Root, six overs, one for 29. And then Jack Leach, who was um, much marginalised. A lot of talk in the, in the media and on the commentary today that we won't see him again this series. 13 overs, one for 102. 7.85, uh, that economy rate um, for Jack Leach, the left-arm orthodox bowler. 
Um, one for 102, that, that, um, those figures, 7.84 runs, but the fourth most expensive return in terms of economy rate by any male test bowler when he has conceded 100 or more runs. So not only did he get hit for a lot, it was a lot per over. Uh, the likes of Head and Stark taking great advantage. And again, as I've seen to mention every show, that's been a pattern with Graham Swan and Monty Panesar uh, and Ashley Giles and so on, not having a lot of success on, success on Australian soil. Okay, then it was England's turn to bat midway through the first session. A lot of pressure on Rory Burns, of course. Uh, Super Mead faces the first ball on this occasion. Uh, a very early LB shout, Paul Rifle, um, gives it out, uh, overturned on review, just over the stumps. I mean, mm. there was some talk it could be outside the line. No, no, certainly hit him in line, but uh, a little bit too high. Uh, no, it's outside the line, down the leg, leg side, excuse me. So Burns uh, avoided the pair. That was the kind of the dreaded thing he was trying to avoid. Um, but just after lunch, England made it to lunch on skate. Uh, a pretty a pearler from Pat Cummins. I mean, talk about a great first step as captaincy. It's not over yet, but um, a ball on a good length kicked a bit on on Burns. Catches the edge through to Carey. Um, Burns is seen as the more senior uh, of really the top three, especially the top uh, the top openers, uh, Teddy. And through one test, already concerns as there has been on every tour of uh, the English in recent times. But um, yeah, Rory Burns will be looking to capitalise and. Get a get a few more runs come Adelaide. Yeah, he's going to he's going to have to spend a lot of time in the nets and really think about it as well because uh, you know his technique. We know it's a very unique technique and it's it's he's had a fair amount of success with it uh, in England um, and and in other countries. But yeah, I, I think he's he's going to have to work out how to play on the Australian pitches because at, at the moment um, it's pretty clear he, he's just incredibly jumpy out there he doesn't look to um to to be composed at all so uh yeah it'll be interesting to see how that goes yeah spot on it was a real englishman's dismissal in australia the the the, the pace and the bounce of the pitch kind of kicked up in him a little bit uh it just got him and the shot it was he was a, playing gone. it was a fantastic ball and cummins did set him up as well it was a, almost a perfect first over after after lunch but uh no there's definitely some worries there Oh, yeah, I mean, even looking back to the first innings, we counted through, um, yes, some poor batting, but some certainly good bowling. I mean, Cummins got five in the first innings, uh, and he's got one now, obviously, in the second innings. Talk about his first test as captain. Doesn't seem to have detracted from his bowling in the slightest. Uh, Hamid and, and Milan uh, batted together for a while, put on just short of 40, and I, I've actually been impressed with Hamid. I mean, Matthew Hayden... Um, uh, on the Channel 7 commentary, he said he, he went up and he had a little chat to him after the first innings. Uh, of course, in that first innings, made 25 of 75. But um, we all know what the opener's job is. Uh, you know, um, get through the new ball, take the uh, the shininess off the new ball, you know, while it's swinging around and hurting around like that, and then make it easier for those below you. And that's what he attempted to do. It's tough conditions at the Gabba. Um, talk about the humidity and the heat and an Australian quartet that's fired up. Um, you know, lasted 58 balls for 27. Um, and the end probably disappointed to get out. That's two starts, Teddy, but couldn't quite go on with it uh, in the first test. Yeah, no, I agree. I've been very impressed with, with Hamid as well. And you're always pretty unlucky to, to get out down leg side like that. I would be pretty dirty if I got out like that. But, um, you know, so I, I think, uh, yeah, he, as you say, he has really done his job. He was the, the lone hand for much of the first innings. Um, and I think he, he, uh, he set the tone for how England have batted this innings, just very well-disciplined. Um, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to go on with it. But, you know, you look at 
when Milan first came out there as well, a very similar model of just gritting out uh, the, the first uh, few overs that he faced. Um, and then from then onwards, being able to capitalise a bit more. Indeed, two for 61 it was at that stage, midway through that sort of middle session. Um, and that was it for Australia in terms of successes for the day. So two for 220 since then. Um, that puts the partnership at 159. Um, and it is the two batsmen we're probably most expecting of. I know Stokes um, has been the hero in Ashes before Freeland, but we talk about a lack of match fitness. You've got Root, um, again, striving for that record. Most runs in the calendar year. He's got another two tests to get it. Um, and Darwin Milan, Teddy, who got his spot, um, because of his success last time England were in Australia, he scored a, a lovely, magnificent ton in Perth. Only six in the first innings. He would have been um, not happy because he'd be kind of played it when he didn't have to. Um, so far, so good. Milan, 80 off 177. Uh, and Joe Root, um, in particular against Nathan Lyon, showing that he really is the best player of spin in the world, 86 off 158. Yeah, no, I thought both of their innings were pretty exceptional, uh, really. We know how good Root's been this year. But uh, he hasn't had the greatest record in Australia. I think is it 87 is his highest score here or something like that at the moment. So, um, yeah, he's, you know, exercising his, his any demons that he might have had with his innings. Uh, and, yeah, the same with Milan. As I spoke about before, I thought he was very disciplined at the start. Um, and we know how, how beautiful a batsman he can be to watch. That, that cover drive off of Cummins, I think it was, um, at one point there. You know, there's almost nobody better to watch in the game than, than Milan um, when he's in, in full song. So, yeah, it, it was a great inning. It, by, I thought the whole of the English team um, who batted today were actually pretty impressive. But, and overall, in this test, I think it's been a closer contest than it, it perhaps looks on paper. Uh, if it wasn't for our brilliant start and you know a bit of good fortune yesterday, you would have to say, um, I, I think it could have could be, could be in a very different situation um, to than we are now. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it on day one show about England, those chances, talk about the no-ball bowling Warner and talk about Burns, that was a soda at slip uh, in day one, and then Hamid missing the runner, all on Warner, um, but edges falling short and so on and so forth. I mean, that's happened as the game's gone on, but certainly more prominent in the opening day. You'd have to give two days to Australia at the moment, but day three very much in the England camp. I mean, for the day, Australia added, uh, what was it, 82 head in the tail, and then England come out and two down for 220. What's incredibly important is that these two go on and make big scores. Um, you're absolutely right. Joe Root, I mean, average is 35 in Australia. That high school is 87. Milan, I talked about his ton. But... Uh, <laughs> You just worry for England if these two go cheaply in the morning and it leads to a collapse. I mean, you'd have to think that they've avoided the innings loss. Now, that was, I mean, talking to Pearson, he said that was what we've got to avoid. Good days cricket, 58 runs behind. Now, you'd think they'd get past that save for something ridiculous. Um, but next step is not just making Australia better again today. They've got two days to go and there probably won't be rain. So it's not only making Australia better, but making Australia a worry, um, you know, and, and making a big score in excess of probably 400. Yeah, look, I think for them to win, it's going to take someone coming out there, you know, doing something to the pitch or, or something like that. You know, really, the the hope for for the win is probably over now. But I think the the good sign and the thing that all English fans will be taking um, a lot of pleasure from is the fight that they showed today. And I think they've showed that it's going to be uh, it, it 
they're going to be up to up to the challenge um, for the rest of the series uh, in terms of how they're approaching their batting and um, yeah, they're, they're up for the fight. That's that's what that's what today shows. Absolutely, and Australia Pat Cummins not successful um, for the last couple of sessions after a great first four as captain. Uh, what does he do? I mean, uh, Ricky Ponting was saying he didn't quite see enough I mean, creativity. They weren't doing a lot. I mean, Nathan Lyon was probably the most successful in that last kind of session there, but they weren't doing a lot, a lot of short bowling, in particular when batsmen were first coming out, and that makes no sense. I mean, Mitch Stark's a great mm. example. Why aren't you pitching it up uh, to Burns? He was bowling short and away from the body, and those are free runs. So, um, yes, like England, they don't have a lot of match practice. Bowlers are going to be tired and bowl bad balls, but perhaps on the tactical side, when, when a, a partnership is this great and they're doing it with such ease, You've got to think outside the box, whether it's field placements. I mean, we saw Labuschagne have a bit of a bowl. Um, his figures, three overs for 14. Uh, you've got Green. You've got these other pieces here. Or is it just a matter of perseverance? Because if you're waiting for these two to make an error, um, they could be well past 100 by the time they do. Yeah, I think it is a little bit of a recurring problem that Australia's been having at least the last two summers. We saw uh, last, last summer in, in Brisbane and Sydney before that as well. Uh, where we do seem to get into a rut with our bowling. We, we persist with the same tactics, uh, short bowling a lot of the time to not, to not great success. Uh, and there, there is, just seems to be a lack of creativity in how we go about things. Um, but I think it also um, could be to do with the fact that for quite a while now, we've relied on Lion in, in these situations to, to get the breakthrough and um, to to be that other bowler from the other end. And like he bowled very well today, but um, there's just something at the moment. He, he just, he's not getting the wickets um, for one reason or another. Uh, and I think that's, he's such an important uh, player in our team that that has a large effect. Yeah, indeed. Just on route, um, passes Michael Vaughan. Vaughan had the previous record for most tests in a, runs in a calendar year for England, 1481 in 2002, including some big runs in the ashes from memory back then in Australia. And Joe at one four. Obviously passes that now um, in 2021. He's played a little more tests, but <laughs> forget about yeah. that. Um, 16 matches, 60, 688 runs. Um, excuse me, 1688 runs, 600s, four fifties in that. But of course, his eyes are set on Muhammad Yusuf's record in 2006. Only played 11 games. Rupert played a lot more than that. Uh, made 788, 1788 runs at an average of 99.33 back then. Michael Clark, of course, is up there with his massive um, 2012 and made that 300. He averaged 106 in that calendar year. But yes, Root certainly has his sights on that. Um, a couple more points here today. We're talking about, you said the wins out of the question. Well, stats would back you up. I mean, 48, 46 Ashes tests where the first innings lead has been 278 or greater. Uh, and 42 of them ended in wins for the leader in that innings, four draws and no wins. So it would certainly be test match cricket history, England winning from here. The better, the better kind of safer play, I guess, is batting out all of tomorrow. And then, and then uh, Australia don't have time to, to eclipse the target, whatever it is that they set. Um, last thing we want to talk about is the official uh, announcement that the fifth Ashes test, a lot of talk about it. Some, uh, Victorians, I'll say, wanting it to be at the MCG. Perhaps they've suffered more than COVID. Clearly, it would be better from a rating standpoint and from a uh, uh, economic standpoint, financially getting people in, you know, bums on seats and eyes glued to the television. It goes to Hobart. Obviously, I think it's 15,000 or something. Bludston Arena can sit. Uh, you know, if the Ashes are on the line, there'll be some complaining that they can't have more there. 
But at the end of the day, it's it's just reward for Tasmania, who in other codes around Australia talk about AFL as a main one, hasn't probably got its uh, just deserved. But in this occasion, uh, in your opinion, has Cricket Australia done the right thing, Teddy? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely the right decision. Um, I think I'm right in saying they've never hosted an Ashes test before. Correct. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, we know that they were going to have the, the test against Afghanistan and they didn't get that earlier on. And, um, you know, it, it's also better just from a cricketing standpoint to, to have a fifth venue that we're, we're playing at as well, not, not playing at um, one, one venue twice. So, yeah, it makes complete sense. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just a, a pretty blatant attempt by the, the Victorians to, to try and steal something which wasn't theirs. And, but we know all about that. So. <laughs> Whatever you say there, Teddy. And, of course, it will be a day-night test. Uh, the second, of course, we've never had Nash's two day-night tests. Uh, the other one will be at Teddy's Adelaide Oval. And if I'm correct, Teddy, you'll be attending that second test. Yes, yep. I managed to get tickets to three days. It's a struggle to get tickets. They sold out quickly with a reduced capacity. But, um, yes, I'll be there, at least for part of it. And Pearson and Ethan will also be there. So we'll be able to have some thoughts from those who have been there live at the ground. Should be great. But two more days to go uh, of this test. Um, well, first of all, Teddy, tomorrow, what do you think is going to happen? What's the prediction for the end of play? Does Nathan Lyon finally get that elusive 400th test wicket? Well, yeah, it's a strange one with Lyon because, yeah, as we said before, he's bowling well, but there's just something there. Um, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I, I don't think he will will be getting that tomorrow But because uh, I don't think the pitch is, is breaking up um, to any great extent or it, it's, it's changing. It's probably getting a bit flatter and there's a bit of variable bounce. But uh, I, I don't think England will, bat, will be able to bat out the day. Uh, I'll probably say just after lunch, um, Australia would uh, get through them. I'm predicting a, a bit of a collapse, a bit of a collapse tomorrow. But, uh, and the game over? Too optimistic there. Tomorrow? Um, yeah, I, I think most likely tomorrow. Okie dokie. Optimistic. We haven't heard uh, the thoughts of Pearson Lynch. What I thought I would do since we have Mitch, the English perspective, um, is read out his take on the day. We wanted it spoken out loud. So oh, he reckons it's qu that's quality from England. Both need to turn up tomorrow and at least one to go on big. Only way we get, so we get something out of this is if we bat through the stumps tomorrow. Excellent day's cricket. That will lose but we've shown a lot more fight than expected. Certainly won't lose by an innings now because that's the goal, of course, in cricket. Um, need 500. I think we'll only get to the high 300s, though. So he's predicting about another 360, 70 sort of runs. Teddy, a little bit more on the pessimistic side. I'm going to go around T. So somewhere in the middle, England to go out in Australia to probably chase the total down around lunch on day five. Talking of tomorrow, Teddy, you'll be in the host chair with Pearson and Ethan tomorrow. Uh, evening and then day five. Well, remains to be said, I may well be back in that chair, but uh, thanks for being here and good luck tomorrow. Thank you, Vass. It's been great to be on. Indeed. And, well, Teddy will see you all tomorrow back at Peace and Ethan. Uh, until then, bye bye.